Pastor Manny had um, asked me to share on uh, prayer. So for taking notes, today's study is entitled, Never Underestimate a Praying Church. Uh, before we begin, I definitely want to uh, share with you guys um, as a congregation to continue praying for Israel. Um, if you're not informed or don't know what's going on in Israel, a lot of crazy things. Um, there's a guy by the name of uh, Victor Marks. Not sure if you're familiar with Victor Marks. Um, few, it's been a while since uh, the men have gone to um, Calvary Chapel, Chino Valley. And Victor Marks, he's into martial arts. I believe he's a veteran. Um, he, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe he also holds the world's record for disarming somebody. So he does a demonstration where somebody pulls a pistol out and he can um, disarm them really quick and then uh, take apart the pistol like really fast. So anyway... He was on a podcast, and he was on the grounds of Israel uh, this past week. I was listening to this podcast, and he was saying that he has obtained uh, footage of things that have happened in Israel um, because uh, the terrorist groups actually filmed um, what was going on, what, what they were doing. They filmed um, people. They grabbed the people's phones and were able to get into their um, Facebook account, Instagram account. Um, um, there's a term going live. I'm not too familiar with these terms, but going live, I guess you start recording and the world can see uh, what's going on. Anyway, so they, he got some of this footage and he's just sharing what he's seen. And um, there's things that he couldn't share, but there was one story that he shared that really... Um, you know, there's like a a righteous anger, and then there's like a flesh anger. You know, we know the difference. And um, he was just sharing that there was an elderly lady who got raped to the point where her pelvic bone was broken. And so he did share that um, if anybody wants to see footage, that he would be willing to share that with people who would reach out to him. Um, I, it's just... Crazy, crazy to think. But he was on the grounds in Israel, and he was praying over uh, Jerusalem. Um, and just the, the the topic of what Manny asked, Pastor Manny asked me to share on is regarding prayer. If you would turn to Acts chapter twelve, Acts, it's in the New Testament: Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. In my Bible, it's page nine hundred and seventy. And so as we're going through um, these verses, I don't know if you guys like watching movies. Anybody like watching movies? I'm guilty. I like watching movies. So you ever like visit a family member and you kind of just jump into the movie and then you're like, hey, who's that person? And why is that happening? And they're like, shh, be quiet. We're trying to watch a movie. That's kind of like where we're at right now. So we're just jumping into the book of Acts. For those who don't know, some of you have gone through the book of Acts. So I just want to give like a little background on the book before we just jump into the scene. 
And so if you recall, Matt, Pastor Manny had um, encouraged us to being to be a praying church. He encouraged us to go uh, through a book by Pastor Chuck Smith, um, God's, I forgot what, it's something, Ultimate Privilege Praying, that book. So um, I got the, the names mixed up, sorry. But um, yes, he asked us to go through it, and um, there's something that the Lord was showing him as far as, you know, the ministry. And he had explained, um, as believers, uh, we have access to the throne of God. And I don't even know if you guys can fathom that thought, that we have access to the throne of God. Now, most of you, including myself, know who I am. You know who you are. And to think that God is so holy that he made a way for us to have access to him. It was when Jesus died on the cross and rose up again, there was a veil that separated man and God. The high priest was allowed in once a year, and it's what's called the Holy of Holies. This was a place the high priest would meet with God. When we read in the Gospels that the veil was torn in half, that means when Jesus died on the cross, we all can have access to the Holy of Holies. So if we're speaking to our Jewish friends, they would know exactly what we're talking about. What better place to look regarding church prayer than the book of Acts? The book of Acts was written sometime near 65 AD. The author of Acts is Luke, the same Luke, not Skywalker, but Luke from the Gospel of John. And the purpose, the reason why Luke wrote this is he records the acts of the Holy Spirit working through the church. Warren Wiersbe says, This story tells how God's people obeyed the Lord's commission to take the gospel to the whole world. Luke wrote it as a companion volume to his gospel, and it describes what Jesus continues to do and teach after he returned to heaven. I forgot to mention this um, in first service, but as you go through the New Testament, and you might have heard this, typically when the author is done writing, they'll put a amen, meaning that the letter is, is done. Well, the book of Acts does not have an amen at the end because we are the final act, so to speak. You I, this generation, no man, nobody knows the day or hour when Jesus will return. But we see the signs of the times, right? So we just might be the generation that gets caught up, the rapture snatched away. We never know. So there's a book by Chuck Smith called The Final Act. I encourage you guys to get it. Read it, talks about the end times, and just, you know, with this book, um, we're serving the Lord. You and I are part of that final act to think about, think about the place we were born, the location that we're at right now, that God has chosen us here in Almani to be sharing the gospel 
with a lost world. But we can't do it on our own, right? The Bible says that it's not by might nor power, but it's by the Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts is the Lord of army. We are soldiers in the Lord's army. And so we have our spiritual weapons that are not carnal. Carnal means um, meat. It's not flesh, but spiritual, mighty in power to bring down strongholds. And so as we're praying, as we're reading, as we're fellowshipping, reading the Bible and fellowshipping with one another, God wants to use us here in Almani to turn the city right side up. Or in the book of Acts, it says that the, the followers turn the world upside down. Or I can't remember. Something like that. Either or. I might have got them mixed up. But in chapters 1 through 12 in the book of Acts, we read about Peter's ministry. And in chapters 13 through 28, we read about Paul's ministry. So as everybody found their place in Acts, say yes. Okay. Chapter 12, verses 1 through 17. Sorry about that. It says, Now about the time Herod the king stretched out his hand uh, to harass some from the church. So at this point, Herod is the king and he's harassing uh, the church. Throughout history or throughout the Bible, we read about different uh, Herods. According to Haley's handbook, the Herods were um, an Edomite lines of kings who under Rome got control of Judea shortly before Christ. Herod the Great, 37 through 3 BC, got his throne and kept it. By crimes of unspeakable brutality, murdering even his wife and two sons. He was a cruel, cunning, cold-blooded it was he who slew the children in Bethlehem in the effort to kill Christ. His son, Herod um, Antipas, some 33 years later, killed John the Baptist and mocked Christ. His grandson, Herod Agrippa I, this is who we're reading in Acts chapter uh, 12, he's the one who kills James the Apostle. His great-grandson, Herod Agrippa II, 16 years still later, was the king before whom Paul was tried in Acts chapter 12. I'm sorry, in Acts chapter 25, verses 13, and chapter 26, verse 32. And Herod Agrippa was half Jew. So at this moment in time, the church is going through persecution. And, you know, the times are coming where... We might be going through persecution. I definitely encourage you guys. Um, I know we have our digital copy of the Bible. Some of you guys are using your phones for your Bible. But definitely have an emergency pack. You know, like in school, when you would pack um, a trash bag and water, things like that, just in case there was a natural disaster. Well, the same thing is I would encourage you and myself to pack a hard copy of the Bible because we never know when the authorities, the government, 
will come and start censoring that digital copy. They might start switching words around. And if you're not really well-versed in the Bible, you might get caught up and confused. And you might not even know that they changed the words. But just in case the grid goes down, you don't have internet, no chargers, whatever it might be, have a hard copy in your emergency bag. Just in case. Now, it goes on in verse 2. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after the Passover. Now, this James that we read right here is the James, the son of Zebedee, and he had a brother named John. Jesus had a nickname for them. Do you guys know what their nicknames were? Sons of Thunder. That's right. One time in Luke chapter 9, in verses 51 through 56, when a Samaritan village refused to accept Jesus, the two asked Jesus to call down fire and revenge like Elijah did. Now imagine that, here you are, you're sharing the gospel, they don't want to accept Jesus, and now you tell God to burn them. That's why they got their gang name, Sons of Thunder. James was the first of the twelve apostles to be put to death, and the only one whose martyrdom is mentioned in the New Testament. So, if you guys are interested in martyrdom, and wanting to know more about people who died for the faith, check out um, uh, uh, Fox's Book of Martyrs. Yeah, sorry, I had a delay in my brain. Fox's Book of Martyrs. It's a classic. Check it out. And um, maybe you're, you're here right now and you're listening or watching and you're not too familiar with... Um, the Day of Unleavened Bread or the Passover. The Day of Unleavened Bread, there's references to that and the Passover throughout the Old Testament in Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 through 13. If you're taking notes, it's up there on the screen if you want to look at those references. The Passover refers to the sacrifice of a lamb in Egypt when the people of Israel were slaves. They smeared the blood of the lamb on the doorposts as a signal to God that the angel of death should pass over their house when destroying the firstborn of Egypt, Exodus twelve thirteen. Now, unleavened bread was used in the celebration because this showed that the people had no time to put leaven in their bread as they ate their final uh, meal as slaves in Egypt. And so as we're reading, we see that James, he gets killed by the sword. And because um, Herod saw that it pleased the Jews, now he goes and captures uh, Peter. Now, this is the same Peter who had told Jesus not to go to the cross. And do you guys remember what Jesus' response was? Get behind me. That's right. He said, get behind me, Satan. This is the same Peter who told Jesus not to wash his feet. The same Peter who denied and cursed that he even knew Jesus. 
And if you remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus called um, some of his buddies to come and pray, you remember what happened to Peter? He fell asleep. Now, how many of you have fallen asleep during prayer? Raise your hand. I know I have. But it's very important not to fall asleep by a window. Because in the book of Acts, if you remember, there was preaching going on. The guy fell asleep and fell off the, fell off the window. So note to self, don't be by a window. But what an encouragement uh, Peter is to us. Because though we fail and though we mess up, and, um, you know, it says that Peter was cursing. So I don't know if you guys do that, but you're in a good boat with Peter because he was cursing, denying that he didn't know the Lord. But look what God, again, chapters 1 through 12, what God is doing through Peter um, as we read um, the book of Acts. Because uh, the book of Acts can um, be divided into two. Chapters 1 through 2 are Peter's ministry, and chapters 13 through 28 is Paul's ministry. And so it's encouraging, and we're going to be encouraged um, through these verses, just how God uses a whole bunch of, um, some would say knuckleheads, some would say weirdos, some would say, I don't know, I mean, just a whole bunch of uh, nobodies, you know, he uses a whole bunch of nobodies, and um, when Pastor Manny, it's funny that he he edited that picture of me um, in the beginning, I was kind of surprised that he did something like that, it was a little different, huh, Um, but that day, I got in a fight, and he, he edited the picture because I had a whole bunch of Mad Dog 2020s. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it's like this drink. And we're just, my friends and I were getting loaded after the fight. And so you just think like, man, God uses a whole bunch of, I don't know, rowdy people, I guess. Or we're all different. Maybe you're not rowdy. but um, And then, you know, like Peter right here, he just changes. And it's an encouragement when I read this. It's, it's an encouragement to me. I hope it's an encouragement to you. That God never gives up. You might be watching this right now. You might be listening. And you might be thinking, God can't use me. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've said. You don't know what I've done. Be encouraged. Read the Bible. Welcome to the club. We're all messed up. If you're here and you got it all together, talk to me later and let me know how you're doing it. Because I'm all messed up. That's why I'm here. Right? You've heard it said many times, this is a hospital for sinners. This isn't a museum of saints. Okay? None of us here are perfect. We're all messed up. That's why we need Jesus. So we see right here back in the text that Peter, he's locked up, and now he's delivered four squads of soldiers to keep him. That's what Herod did, intending to bring him before the people after the Passover, John Corson said, The worst criminal would have had two soldiers, one chained to each arm. But Herod ordered four soldiers chained to Peter to make sure he wouldn't escape. 
Now, I guess it would kind of be equivalent to, um, I, I, had a co- I have a cousin, and he was in prison, but he got sent to the hole. Does that, anybody know what the hole is? Okay. Well, I guess he was acting really wild because not only was he sent to the hole, but they hogtied him and then threw him in the hole. So his legs and his feet were handcuffed together and they threw him in the hole. So if he's watching right now, which I don't think he is, I just shared your story. Um, yeah, so he was, that's kind of like what Peter's at right now. He's in prison, he's locked up, and he's chained with another, uh, he's chained with some soldiers. Now let's go to verse 5 and 6. It says, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Now, what was the church doing? They were praying. They weren't trying to scheme up a plan on retaliation. They weren't scheming up a plan to break him out or to call Aladdin bail bonds. They were praying. And as a church, I really encourage you and myself that we would be praying. We would be a praying church. The word constant can be translated without ceasing, fervent prayer. Sometimes we can lose heart and we throw up a prayer and then we stop praying. We just give up. But in the text right here, the first century church, good examples for us, they kept praying. They didn't stop. And so maybe right here, you're sitting right here and you've been praying. And you're waiting. Keep praying. God always answers our prayers. It's either going to be yes, no, or the hard one, wait. I think wait is harder. I'd rather have a no than a wait. I couldn't stand, or I shouldn't say I couldn't stand. I didn't like when my mom would tell me maybe. I don't like maybe. Just tell me yes or no, right? Maybe it's kind of like, ah, maybe not. So we got to pray without ceasing. We have to be praying constantly. Um, My sister prayed for me. I forgot to mention this in first service. My sister prayed for me for five years. It took five years. Some, it's going to take 30 years, 50 years. Who knows? But are we going to stop praying? No way, because we're going to see the power of prayer in this text right here. Jesus said when two or three are gathered in his name, he's in the midst of them. And God is looking right now in Calvary Chapel Almani, who will stand in the gap for America? Who will stand in the gap for your loved one? Who will stand in the gap for Almani? He's looking Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. The church is to be praying without ceasing, standing in the gaps, seeking and knocking, asking the Lord for help. Because if you recall, in Matthew, they had made the house of the Lord a den of thieves. But what did Jesus say the house of the Lord is to be? A house of prayer. That's why we're here. 
We're here to hear the word. We're here to fellowship. And we're here to pray. Fellowship. Genuine fellowship. Now, sometimes, and I'm guilty, and I'm guilty, I will talk about football with my, my brothers in the Lord. That's not fellowshipping. That is not fellowshipping. Do you guys know what fellowshipping is? Talking about the Lord. Centered, Christ-centered uh, conversations, breaking of bread, communion. So just a quick plug again for the coffee cart. Get some coffee, get some juice, and have a Christ-centered conversation. I could talk about football all day. There's a football game going on right now that I wanted to watch, but God had a better plan for me. So, again, fellowshipping, praying with one another. Don't leave this place. If you're here today or you're watching on live stream and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, do not leave this place or don't turn off your device if you're watching without accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Look around the world. The signs of the times are here. We are in the final act. The last of the last days. Jesus is coming. No man, nobody knows the day or the hour, but he is coming like a thief in the night. So be ready. Get ready. Stay ready. Now, Verses 7 through 9, it goes on and says, Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light uh, shone or shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly, and his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie your sandals, and so he did. And he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. So some of you right here, again, what's the prayer doing? What's, what's the, I gave you the answer. Huh. What's the church doing behind the scenes? Praying. praying, right? And as they're praying, what happens to those chains? They fell. Some of you here, might have chains. You're walking in with a ball tied to your leg and you're dragging that ball and you're dragging those chains. And people are praying for you and God is saying, let me break those chains. And so God wants to break those chains just like he did to Peter in that jail. And God wants to use us as a congregation to be praying for people who are in bondage to those chains of sin. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 36, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Imagine an angel waking you up. How many of you have an alarm clock on your phone? My wife says I have the most annoying alarm clock on my phone. And I think it's the one that goes... Eh, 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 right? Would it have been annoying for an angel waking them up? I would have been tripping. 
I think I would have been tripping. And we're going to see that Peter actually thinks he's tripping. Like he doesn't even think it's, it's real. And so imagine waking an angel waking you up and just imagine the power of prayer to where we can see or get a glimpse of the supernatural. It's kind of interesting. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Sometimes we have these thoughts on prayer or these prayer requests, and God says, I want to do more than what you can think. And so, man, talk about more in this um, in these verses. In verse uh, 8, it says, The angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. So again, Peter doesn't even think it's real. I shared what first service that there was one time I popped some acid and I was high on acid at a rock concert called Ozfest. Now, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Ozfest, but that's um, for a guy named Ozzy Osbourne. Well, he came from a band called Black Sabbath. It just gets darker and darker. <laughs> I don't even know why I was there. I liked rap music. But my cousins invited me. I'm 15 years old. And I popped some acid, right? So... Black Sabbath is playing one of those bands. I can't remember. It might have been Rob Zombie. I can't remember. Anyway, they're on stage. The acid kicked in, and I saw demons. Like, everybody looked like demons to me. Everything was melting. I'm, I thank God I didn't have, a, like, a really bad trip. You know how people get, like, really bad? But I wasn't sure if it was real or fake because I was tripping. So kind of like Peter, he's not sure if this is real or fake. And um, that was my experience with Aston on Black Sabbath uh, reunion. So back to the text. He thinks he's seeing a vision in verse 10. It says, when, um, when they were past the first and second uh, guard posts, they came to the iron gate. That leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. So now the story gets even trippier. So again, back to movies. I don't know if you, it, to me, it's, it almost feels like a movie. Are you guys familiar with Magneto? Does anybody know who Magneto is? Magneto is a Marvel character that Stanley created, and he has the power to. Um, manipulate, control, metal. So you guys know Wolverine? Wolverine's body has metal, so he can really control Wolverine. So I almost picture like if the gate is just crumbling, like from a scene of X-Men where 
uh, Magneto's just crumbling the metal. That's the way I, I envision it. I can only imagine Peter looking at the gate open and all these things. No wonder why he thought he was tripping. And then the angel disappears. I mean, that's pretty trippy when you think about it. It's like a movie. Now, regarding angels, I forgot to also mention this in first service. Pastor Manny and Pastor Henry did cover angels and demons on the YouTube channel. Um, I think it's called Life Talk. Is it called Life Talk? Okay. Sometimes I get it mixed up with Real Talk, but it's Life Talk. Yes. So if you guys haven't um, tuned in and you want to know more about demons and and angels, tune in to that um, YouTube channel. It was really cool. Uh, I was ministered to. But um, Hebrews 13.2 does say, Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing some have um, unwittingly entertain angels you never know you know that angels might have came our way we know we're in a spiritual warfare right now we can't see but there's a battle going on right now right above us um pastor manny had talked about talked about how there's a certain angel uh demons uh appointed to cities to countries and so as a congregation as we're praying we're praying that the lord will rebuke those uh, demons, and uh, we have the power because the Holy Spirit lives in us to to pray and to for the Lord to hear. And you know, one thing I also uh, was thinking is that how the Lord had said, just with the faith of mustard uh, of a mustard seed. Now, how many of you have seen a mustard seed? It's like I don't know. Can you see through there? It's like a really small small seed. And Jesus said, if, you, if your faith is just like that, you would be able to move a mountain. So just think what God can do in and through Calvary Chapel Almani if we would just pray. And, and God just wants to use us. You know, with this truth and treat coming up, I'm not sure if you guys know the origins of the holiday. But I do want to encourage you to go on uh, YouTube again, type in Chuck Smith, um, and I believe it's called uh, uh, Truth and Treat, or um, type in Halloween, and there will be a documentary that comes out. It's PG-13, so be careful. I try to watch it with my kids. Uh, Nathan's the only one who, who stood there. I probably shouldn't have. I don't remember. I think the little ones go upstairs. Yeah, I think one of my daughters got scared. But anyway, and the reason why is because Chuck Smith in the documentary is actually showing real witches and um, and people and sorcery and things like that do share what they do on October 31st. Also gives the origins of the different colors and the reason why there's faces on uh, pumpkins things like that. So if you're interested in that, again, go on YouTube, type in Chuck Smith Halloween. It's about a 45-minute documentary. Really good. And so the reason why I bring that up is because we really got to pray for this truth and treat um, outreach because the enemy is out there and he's cunning and he just wants to um, kill, steal, and destroy And as we're taking a step of faith as a ministry to share the gospel that day, we need prayer. 
we need to be praying over this um, this outreach because when you see this documentary and you see all these religious um, rituals, satanic rituals that happen on this day, that's why we need the power of God. You know, the Lord said it's not by might nor power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Lord of hosts means the Lord, the Lord of armies. We are soldiers. You are soldiers and God's army. So back here, back to the, the text, we read right here that um, in verse, uh, let's go to verse 12. Is that where we left off? Who was paying attention? Raise your hand if you fell asleep. Don't be by a window if you're falling asleep. Verse 11. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from the expectation of the Jewish people. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary and uh, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. So back in the day, if you got out of jail, where would you go? Back to the neighborhood. That's where you go back. So that's where Peter went. He, he went back to the neighborhood. Now right here, John Mark is the author of the Gospel of Mark. Some say this might be the same upper room used on the Last Supper and on the day of Pentecost. And I wanted to ask you guys, and even myself, do we have a prayer room? Is there somewhere that you go and you pray? Because if you don't, get one. Now, here's a, a little template or an example of how uh, my family and I do it. On Mondays, we get together about 9, 10 p.m., and we pray. Now, it's nothing fancy. If there was a video camera in the front room, you guys would probably laugh. Because I'm like, Nathan, get over here. Malachi, over here. Miriam. And sometimes there's little voices being raised, right? It's nothing fancy. And then after we get together, and then we start, we start praying. So maybe you can have, um, maybe it'll be a Monday for you. Maybe it'll be a Tuesday. It has to be someday. We have to make a day to where we get together, we get our loved ones that we live with, and we pray. Because it starts at home. It's always going to start at home first. And then we come to church and we pray together. Just like they were doing right here at um, Mary, the mother of John's uh, house. They were right there getting together. They were praying. So Peter he gets freed by the angel. Chains are broken. He goes. He's set free. He thinks he's tripping. He realizes it's real. He goes back to the hood, back to the neighborhood, and then he goes and he's knocking at the door. In verse 13, it says, And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. So it's kind of funny, right? Because they're praying the answered prayer is at the door knocking, and then she leaves. Now, when you're on the run, 
like Peter's on the run, you're trying to get in that door. So you're knocking, you're knocking, right? Well, she's so excited that the prayer was answered, she leaves Peter at the front door. So she goes and she goes and tells everybody else what's going on. Now it says right here in verse 15, but they said to her, because she ran to go announce that Peter was at the door, but they said to her, you are beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, it's his angel. Now, even at that point, if I would have thought it was an angel at the door, I would have ran. Like, I want to see this, this angel. But apparently, this is something that the early church was used to. John Corson said, this intrigues me because evidently these early believers were so accustomed to seeing angels, they didn't even bother to get up to see this one. It seems the early church had the awareness that angels were always around. We've lost that awareness. Our eyes have become dull. As a result, I think we're missing something because we don't really believe angels are here right now. So to them, I guess an angel wasn't a big thing. To me, it would have been. In verse 16, it says, now Peter continued knocking. So again, Peter's on the run. He's knocking on the door. They're arguing inside. It's not Peter, it's his angel. And you know, the commotion again, back to my house. We're arguing before we start praying. I mean, so when I read this, I feel like, okay, I'm in a good, good spot. Verse 16, now Peter continued knocking. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. So now they're, you're praying. You're in the prayer um, meeting. The prayer gets answered, and it was almost like, huh, wow, it did work. They're astonished, right? But motioning with them, to them, Peter's, again, Peter's on the run. They're arguing inside. He's on the run. He motions with them. Shh, keep silent. He declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, go tell these things to James and to the brethren. And he departed and went another place. So Peter is now telling them to be quiet as a door finally opens. Peter shares all the details of what happened to him in prison. This James that we read right here is the half-brother of Jesus and the author of the book of James. James had become a leader in the church in Jerusalem. You read that in Acts chapter 21, verses 18 through 25. And notice what Peter told them. Go and tell these things to the brethren. As we're praying, talk to each other. What are the praise reports? Where are the answered prayers at? God is answering prayers. And we see an example right here that Peter is saying, tell everybody what's going on. And so as we come together, as we're praying as a church, and we're seeing the hand of God move, let's encourage one another on the answered prayer. So as you're sitting right there with your flavored water, <laughs> your coffee, or an unflavored water called filtered water, then share with one another. 
praise reports, fellowship. The early church, when we read in the book of Acts, again, they got in the word. They broke bread. They fellowship. And they prayed. In closing, Warren Wiersbe said, It is always right to pray, even if your faith is so weak, you are surprised when the answer comes. Keep knocking, God opens doors. Church, don't stop praying. In closing right now, um, I've never been to Cambodia before, but they have this thing called popcorn praying. And that's what we're going to do. The Lord said that His house should be called a house of prayer. So two prayer requests as we pray um, as, a, um, as a congregation. Number one, for Israel. Remember Abraham? The Lord told Abraham, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And number two, pray for truth and treat. So on the count of three, wherever you're at, if you're, not a, if you're a non-believer, get right with God first. Give Jesus your heart, your life. Acknowledge that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. Accept Him as your Lord and Savior. And then start praying for these requests.